0: Hey guys, welcome to the Doula Diaries. I'm Heidi. I'm the host of the Birth Story podcast, which drops birth story episodes and expert interviews every Thursday. I'm also the author of the Birth Story Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal. It is everything, 529 pages of everything that you need to know to prepare for your birth. You can get that at birthstory.com. And I am also the content creator for Birth Story Academy, where you go for online learning from a virtual doula. You can also get into my private Facebook community through Birth Story Academy. And here on Tuesdays is where we meet for doula diaries. So welcome. Before we get started, I would love to have you guys in Birth Story Academy. It is premier childbirth education for your hospital birth, no matter what the birth looks like that you're planning. So medicated, unmedicated, a wait and see attitude, a belly birth, an induction, there is a module for all of it. And I have a blank name tag at your seat waiting to put your name on it. And the best part about Birth Story Academy is that I get to be your virtual doula. You go into my private Facebook group where I interact with you every single week and cheer you on as you plan and prepare for the birth that you want, no matter what that looks like. So I hope you will go to birthstory.com and enroll in Birth Story Academy today. Hey, Jenna, welcome to Doula Diaries. Hi, thank you for having me. I am very excited for you to be sharing about what you actually need for a new baby. It's not as much as you think. Remind us how many babies you have. I have four. I had four kids in five years. So you guys, she's an expert and her blog from parenthoodandpushups.com and same IG, Pushups will be linked in the show notes so you can follow along. So we're going to really talk about what you do and do not need to put on your registry. And then you can reference it all on Jenna's blog. Sound am good. Go. All right, yeah. Jenna. All right, let's get it started. So first, I want to know when you're building out a registry or you're thinking about shopping, like where, where are you recommending moms do this?
1: you know, there are not many places that I would say, give you a really good realistic idea of what you need for a baby. Because if you're using something like a baby list registry, or bye-bye baby, or anywhere that you could buy things, they're probably going to encourage you to buy more, um, which is not necessarily what you need to do. I found um, one really good resource is this book, and she actually has a podcast as well. Her name Is Diane and she is um the author of Minimalist Moms, which (sighs) if you're not a minimalist, um, you know, you don't have to be a minimalist in order to be able to follow what she says, but she gave me the freedom to be able to say, I don't need this for my baby. And that was a huge, huge thing for me because there's so much pressure behind like you're having a baby, you need to get
0: all the stuff, and you really don't need it. Yeah. So uh, you have four. In five years. Four kids. Yeah. So on number one, did you do that thing we all do, which is buy all the things and register for all the things? Oh Man, so
1: much stuff, so much stuff. And we lived in a two bedroom, like little townhouse, and it was filled to the brim with things so much so that we had to store stuff also at my parents. Um, So like. As Emily grew out of things, I would have to store her clothes or baby gear or whatever else at my parents. Plus, it was just like shoved behind couches and chairs and in every drawer and closet you could possibly imagine. We got all the stuff to start.
0: So after having four in five years, like you are now an expert on what you actually use and what you don't use and what you use for one kid versus two versus three versus four. All right, so we're going to break down each of the things in your blog. So I want you to start with just talking to us about the things that you think the audience actually needs, needs, not wants, needs, needs. minimalist moms over here. But like, what do you need (laughs) to come home from the hospital? Or if you're having a home birth, what do you need in your house or from the birth center? But what do you need for your baby on day one? Okay,
1: so I would say just start with the basics. You need a place for your baby to sleep. They have to sleep somewhere. Um, You could have a bassinet in your bedroom. You could also just start with a pack and play. Um, You could do, just go straight to the crib. Sleep is a a personal preference for a lot of people. Um, For us, we did a bassinet and then I would actually transition our kids into a pack and play with like the pack and play lifted for a little bit. And then they would go into their rooms and their cribs. But the thing is, is that every time that they were done with the bassinet, I sold it. I didn't actually keep it. Um, so I would buy one, have it cleaned, and then sell it um, because it's a lot to store. So start with somewhere to sleep, total per- personal, personal preference.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to add on to that.
1: This is not mm-hmm. your
0: blog. I'm going to put it on you on the spot on this one. But what about yeah. a place to sleep when traveling? What did you end up using or what do you use for sleep travel?
1: Okay, so for, for a newborn, um, they make these really cool things. They're actual travel bassinets. They fold up super flat. Um, the one that we had was a Bryka one. Brika, Bryka, however you say it. Okay. Um, and they fold flat so you can fit it in a suitcase. And then you can put it and it has a hard a harder mattress so it's not like an overly fluffy surface so you're not worried about anything um and you can put it on a bed or you can make like a nice little nest on the floor um and we would use that until they would roll and then once they were rolling it was always a pack and play got because it because you just want to make sure they're safe
0: yeah and another thing that i found is if that if you call a hotel in advance And ask them if they have pack and plays. Often they have pack and plays and you don't even have to bring it. But another pro tip I found out when traveling is that if you do bring a pack and play, a car seat, a stroller, all these things, they don't charge you to check those things. The airlines don't like the baby equipment you can check for free, which is kind of awesome. Okay. That is awesome. So a place to sleep. All right. That's pretty yeah. important. All right. Yep. um, What's the next one?
1: A car seat, which obviously non-negotiable. You got to have at
0: least yes. one of those, right? <laughs> you yes. got to be able to take your kids somewhere safely. Can we talk about the car seat for a minute though? This is something that was really frustrating when Jagger was born and it was just a few years ago, the fire departments had stopped doing like safety checks. And so I had no idea, like, how do I install it and know I installed it properly. Do you have any tips for that? You know, I'm
1: pretty sure we installed Emily's car seat wrong for like the first couple of months of her life because of the same reason. Um, And we ended up having to just use YouTube. Like we just YouTube'd how to install car seat correctly and and put in like our actual car seat model. And that's how we figured out that we were doing it incorrectly to begin with. Um, But yeah, if you can find a car seat check, they're hard. But if you can find one, obviously that's ideal. But otherwise, you know, use the good old Google.
0: Yeah, we used YouTube. That's what we ended up using also. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's another must have for the registry?
1: um, obviously diapers and wipes, you're going to go through them, whether you choose to cloth diaper or you do disposable diapers, um, you'll go through a ton of them. Um, I would say don't get too many of the smaller sizes to begin with. Um, because you will, you'll just go through the sizes so quickly. Like Jay, he's, um, he's our four month old currently. And he is, uh, he's a big dude and he's already in size four diapers. So like if we were planning for, I know, so if we were planning for him to be in like size twos for a really long time, we would have had a lot of extra size twos because he, he was not in twos for very long. So diapers and wipes are, are a good thing to register for. Um, you have to store them. If you, if you don't have a place to store them, that can be hard. But you could also ask for gift cards for those as well.
0: Ooh, gift cards. That's a really good idea for your diapers Mm -hmm. and wipes. Yeah. And then there's like the diaper subscription services too that I really like that you can get gift cards to like the Honest Company or if you're doing cloth diapering um, to maybe one of the services that launders the cloth diapers for you too. Yeah, that's smart. I like that one. Yeah. Um, I will say here's another pro tip on diapers though. (laughs) size up at night. That's something people don't know what, know to do that. I'm like, so if your baby's in a size two, put them in a three for bedtime and they just will sleep better. Just trust me on that one. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. What's next on your list? Um, I would say
1: a stroller is a really, really good thing to have. Um, and for us, we did two different strollers when we started, we've gone through multiple strollers with our kids So we did a Bob single and then we did just a regular go to the mall single stroller and the regular go to the mall single stroller was the first one that we got rid of. Um, and we got a city select that you can have as a single or a double. And I think I would have preferred to do that first because they, if you have a second kid, your single stroller becomes just not helpful at all. Um, if you have two kids that go in strollers. So I found, though, that I used the bob more than anything because I was outside going for walks. It gave me a ton of freedom. Um, And then once we had two kids, we got a double bob. And that thing is a beast, Um, but it's worthwhile for sure. Um, And now with four kids, we actually have graduated from all and most all stroller usage. And we use a Veer wagon. And it is fantastic because I can haul my older kids. So the thing with the stroller Is that by the time they're three, maybe four, they grow out of it or they're too big for it or they're not into it. And then what's the point of it? But with a wagon, it's nice because I can still use it when they're older.
0: Yeah, we I only have two kids, not four like mm-hmm. you, but um, we ended up doing the double stroller and then we did the kickstand on the back mm-hmm. so then they could mm-hmm. ride, you know, so like by the time they were three or four, they wanted to stand up and ride. And so then I could just kind of have one in a seat and one ride and then they would switch back and forth. So yeah, that's nice too. I like that. All right. I like where we're going here. Okay, we have a place for them to sleep. We have a place to drive them around. We have a stroller. We have diapers and wipes. What's next on your list?
1: Um, I think diaper cream is a really, really good thing to have. Um, we always just went towards Aquaphor. there's a lot of different kinds. Um, the only thing that I would say with buying diaper cream is don't buy it in bulk before you know what your baby's skin will react to. So I wouldn't put that as like a major registry item. I would get that as like a travel size or a smaller size. You need some on hand as soon as you get home, but You never know what kind of skin your kid's going to have and you never know what they're going to need. So it's helpful to know that you're probably going to have to order something off of Amazon at 2 a.m. And that's okay. Yeah,
0: that's good. We tried so many and our um, kids really only responded to A&D ointment or Boudreaux's Mm -hmm. butt cream. So there you go. This is not a sponsored podcast episode you guys. so <laughs> all of these are just real recommendations from from two moms. Um, okay, what's
1: next? Uh, your baby needs something to wear so you're probably gonna need some clothes. Okay. Um, but I would say you need a lot less clothes than you think that you need because they go through them real quick real oh. quick. I mean newborn sizes unless you have a a preemie or or a very, very small baby, you will not be in those sizes for very long at all. And then after that, it kind of just snowballs. And before you know it, you have a four month old that's in six month clothes.
0: Yep. And then you have a closet full of all these cute little newborn or zero to three month old clothes. You know, you could be like me and your baby came out almost 11 pounds and never fit into any of those clothes either. So, And
1: everybody loves to buy baby clothes. Everybody loves to buy you baby clothes. But the thing is, is they all buy the little itty bitty sizes and they don't buy you the sizes for when they get a little bigger and they stay in those sizes for longer because they grow so fast in the beginning. So all the really tiny sizes, um, I would not suggest having too much
0: in those little sizes. Yeah, that's good. I think nine to 12 month is the best gift you can give or register for. Um, For sure. Okay. What else is on there?
1: Blankets. You got to keep your kid warm. So, you know, get some good blankets. There's There's a lot that goes into finding a good baby blanket. I mean, when you think about the purpose of a blanket, it's to keep them warm, maybe to swaddle them, maybe to cover them in the car seat, to lay them down on. Um, So you have a lot of purposes behind them. Therefore, you might want some that are thicker and heavier that are better for like laying down on the floor or, you know, like a really good soft one to swaddle them with. And then if I'm being honest, the more kits that I have, um, the, the more that I use the blankets for other purposes, other than just blanketing. Um, so I would, I'd be like, Oh no, I need a burp cloth. Well, no, I don't. I got a blanket. It's fine. I'll just use a blanket instead. So maybe some absorbency, you know, look for that in the blanket as well. But again, you don't need as many as you think you do. I would say like a good solid six to maybe eight, but you're going to be washing a lot of stuff anyways. So, you know use the ones that you have instead of keeping them in your drawer to look at for later.
0: Yeah. And any first time parent is like six to eight is the minimalist. Yes, it is. So mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, what's next? Um, All right. So
1: baby wearing, I would say this is where you should spend the most time and effort. If there's any baby gear besides your stroller or your car seat that you're looking at, get a really good, baby carrier and then also get a really good baby wrap. So when you have a newborn, you can wrap them, you can keep them super close, you can use it with like just a nursing bra or nursing tank and you can have more skin to skin benefits. And then as they get bigger and older, if they want to be forward facing or you want like a bigger heavier duty carrier, you have one of those too because really at the end of the day, your baby just wants you. And so if you can just provide that for them, they're going to be okay. So I'd say definitely concentrate on that.
0: Everything on your list, that's the number one for me. Like if I could only Mm -hmm. get one thing, right? If I could only afford one thing, it would have been a good wrap or carrier. And I just wore my babies all day, all night so I could have my hands free when I needed them. And um, some of my favorite pictures were like of my partner, like wearing the baby too, you know, and I would just so come sweet. home and uh, it would just melt my heart. And also the like babysitters, I would like hook those those wraps right up on the babysitter. And if they wanted to go for a walk or anything with the baby. So the wraps, and they're just amazing, you guys. And again, this is not a sponsored episode. So um, we can just kind of tell you our favorites. I use the baby Bjorn and the Ergo. What do you use? I use the baby Catan and the Ergo. Um, and just a side note
1: on multiple kids. I would say I would not have survived early days of having a newborn and a lot of young older kids without having been able to baby wear. It, it just makes a huge difference because then you're not trying to actually hold your baby. Your, your baby is safe and secure, but you also have hands for your older children. And, and that's a big thing.
0: Yeah. I think a couple other brands to maybe check out are the Thule and the Beluga. So those are some to, to research too. So, um, okay, what's another must-have, Jenna?
1: All right, so a secondary safe place for your baby to be. Um, And what I mean is that they'll have their bed and then they need like one other good place where they're out of the way of the dog or the cat or older siblings or the vacuum cleaner or um, like right now, Jay is rolling and scooting. So it's nice when I have a place that I can put him so I know that if I go, run and wash my hands and come back, he's going to be where I left him. Um, so we usually have a pack and play that we leave in our living room for several months. And what we do is we have it so that it's set up in little bassinet stuff, like with, with it for the newborn. And then as he or your child gets bigger, you can convert it into more of a pack and play and they're contained and they're safe, but, um, a secondary place for that. And I think that that would be prefer preferred preferable over um, any sort of like a bouncer or an extra saucer or any kind of a seat because um, they are able to still roll around and move, but they're safe and they're contained.
0: Yeah. They have got free movement of their body. Yep. I follow, um, an occupational therapist can do kiddo, Rachel Coley, and she Mm -hmm. really is passionate and talks about how important it is to not have your babies in all day holding devices, but so that Mm -hmm. they can move their neck and their arms and their head and still be safe. So, um, okay. What's, what's next? A pump and bottle supplies. Okay. Yep. So I
1: wouldn't get too many bottles because you never know what your baby's going to want. Kind of like the diaper cream. You just never know. Um, But it's good to have something to start with. And it's good to start right away. And I have made this mistake several times. I normally exclusively breastfeed my babies. And I am um, currently trying to teach my four-month-old how to take a bottle now because I have not done a good job of getting him to take bottles from the beginning. So if there's anything you hear from this episode, give your baby a bottle once a day if you're breastfeeding and have a bottle on hand as soon as you bring them home, because it helps you. It's a good thing. And then don't be like me and wait until it's too long.
0: (laughs) Um, Jagger starved himself out. Like I went back to work at seven months and he was exclusively breastfed and I wasn't able to breastfeed my first Max. So he just had a lip tie and a tongue tie and just all the things. And so I exclusively pumped with Max. And so when Jagger came and he was able to easily breastfeed, we just breastfed the whole time. Well, seven months later, I had to go back to work and he wouldn't take a bottle. He starved himself out. My poor, sweet nanny, Chelsea. Oh my God, for three weeks, three weeks, he didn't take a bottle while I was at work. All day, waited for me. Finally, he caved. If I could start another company, Jenna... It would be, which I'm not going to, but it would be to send one type of every bottle with different nipples to first time birthing persons so that they would have like one of each one. So if you're building out your registry, I mean, that's something that I would say is kind of curate that. Like Um, register for every nipple is so different on a bottle. Like, So just buy one of each bottle and then try them all out and see which one your baby likes. Yeah, that's smart. Hint: It's gonna be the one that most resembles your your actual nipple. <laughs> yes. So, there you go. Is the way it goes. Okay, what else do you have? Um, okay, so
1: this is a personal preference. Um, it's also a really weird thing, but the windy that is one thing that I think is a really really good thing to have um, because babies are gassy, and in my experience, the easiest way to relieve that gas is to use a windy.
0: And it, I don't know it, what it is. Just, What's a windy?
1: Okay, this is we're going personal here. Okay. So Wendy is basically something that you like put in their little bottoms and it like helps their sphincter relax so that they can fart when they need to.
0: I've never ever heard of this.
1: I guess old school they used to do like the thermometer trick where you like would use a rectal thermometer and but this it has like a hole in the middle, so the gas comes out and it actually does make like a little whistle when it goes, so you know that it's working. But um, it feels slightly barbaric to do, especially if you're a first time parent. But I feel like if you can do it and you know that it will give your baby relief and you will get some sleep, try it. So have just like a little box of them on hand. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But I think that it's a really, really helpful thing to have on hand.
0: Very cool. Neat tip. I have never heard Mm -hmm. of it. Is there anything else on the must
1: have list? Um, You definitely need to have a nice small stock of baby first aid supplies. Um, And the reason is because I learned this the hard way with my first, she had a fever and I didn't know what to give her. And so I'm like, John, we got to go, we got to go to Yes, We got to get medicine. Like she's too little for medicine, but no, she's not. and, And we needed it. So if you just have just some baby Tylenol or some baby Motrin and, and, you know, little bit on hand not a ton but enough to be able to get you to where you need to get to the next dose you'll be able to not have to discover it in a panic yeah because that's that's what I did for sure that
0: is a really good point and that brings me to uh, something I tell all of my dual clients is that when you're picking a pediatrician I think it's really important to also pick a specialist or two of body parts that could get injured because if you have a baby who gets injured or a toddler that gets injured at night or on the weekend and you are not an established patient, the only thing you can do is go to the ER versus be able to call the nurse or the triage line for the specialist you already have. So as you're building out your first aid kit, think about having... Other specialists on hands. I'm going to give you a really good example of one, mouth and eyes and nose and ears. We, ear infections will sneak up on you, Throat sore throats that are like adenoids things, they poke their eyes, they knock their teeth. So I do recommend that you don't wait to have a dentist or an eye doctor or an ear, nose and throat until you need one, but that you go ahead and establish care so that if you need one at night or on the weekend, you're already an existing patient. So
1: that's so smart. That's so brilliant. I wish I had done that and write them down because you don't want to have to flip through your phone in the middle of the night to find it. Like I keep um, my, there's like a medicine dosing chart that our pediatrician gives us and I keep it with the medicine so that we can always access it. And it's old school, keep things written down to be able to, to have it easily accessible because when your kid is sick or injured, you just, you can't, you don't want to spend the time to have to think about that kind of stuff. Um, side note, um, our third daughter, Maggie broke her leg the beginning of January. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that I had had like an understanding of where I would take my children. If something like that happened, I just never really considered like, you know, my toddler might break her leg someday. Like that's not something you want to think about, but I had no idea where to take her. Um, So if I had done what you had said, I might have had a better understanding of where to take her and have gotten her seen sooner.
0: Yeah. I always recommend that, you know, the closest emergency room, children's emergency room, and you do a dry run practice driving there and driving to the entrance of the children's entrance which is yeah, different than smart. the adult entrance. So, as we're talking about first aid and safety, um those are definitely the must-haves. Okay, so what does everyone not need? Like what do you, what can we take off of our Ooh. registry right now?
1: Toys. Toys, <laughs> particularly for newborns. And if I was going to go back again and and have all of my kids over again, I think the one thing that I would do for toys is I would ask for a love every subscription. Yeah. I would say, I don't need any other toys. Just contribute to our love every subscription. And I would do that over anything else because toys will take over your life. They will take over your house, your car, your purse, everything. And, and you can just do a love every subscription instead. And they're age appropriate and they're Montessori based and they are awesome and durable. So I would, Highly advise doing a love every subscription over any kind of toys.
0: Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Scrap the toys, scrap the toys. Mine are seven and six. And I'm still like, how is it that every weekend we're cleaning out toys? They just keep growing and growing and growing they and do. growing. They do. And they don't use but three of them ever. Nope. So, mm-hmm. all right. What else do you not need?
1: Okay. So burp claws are a nice to have, but not a must have because you could definitely use them with blankets or bibs instead. Um, So I wouldn't go out and buy like 75 burp cloths, like all the registries tell you to buy. I have a couple, but you don't need a ton, if any at all, especially if you don't have a baby that spits up.
0: Yeah. And if you cloth diaper, it's basically the same thing as the insert of the cloth diaper. So you definitely don't need burp cloths if you're cloth cloth diapering.
1: (laughs) you want to hear a funny story? Yeah. Um, The burp cloths that we do use are cloth diapers from when I was a baby. My mom saved them because they're like so durable and awesome. So we have like eight of them that are old, old school cloth diapers. They are ugly, but they are absorbent and they work really well. 100%
0: 100% the same story in this house. <laughs> there you go. My mom, I like to call her a hoarder, but sometimes those things <laughs> come in handy. But those were the yeah. burp cloths that we used to Were straight from yeah. straight from the diapers that I wore to my baby's mouth. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> All right. What else is on the don't need list? A million outfits.
1: Clothes, 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 clothes again and again and again. Let me tell you, you don't need as many as you think you do. Just. Don't. I really honestly think that they make baby clothes like shrinky dinks. You remember shrinky dinks? No. Okay. So a shrinky dink starts off really big. And then as heat is applied to it, it gets really teeny tiny. And that's like (laughs) totally baby clothes. You think that it's like, oh man, this is a size six month. It's going to fit them for forever. No, after three washes, they'll probably be too small. So don't get too many baby clothes because they're going to shrink and you're going to grow out of it really fast. Just, you know buy as you need them or I ask for people like when they're like oh what do your kids need for Christmas or what do your kids want for their birthday I'm like oh they could use like three or four new outfits or they could use a new pair of pants and it's like a nice practical gift idea instead but don't don't register for eight million outfits you're not going to need them no
0: and just stick with pajamas just stick oh, with like man. the onesies and the jammies. Mine don't need, they never needed like, you're not going to sh- trust me, you are not going to want to put jeans on your one-year-old. No. Have fun with that. But like and some socks, jammies, oh. jammies all day. Great. <laughs> yeah, for
1: real. For real, especially socks. We're in the sock battle right now.
0: I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Yeah, they're just going to rip them off. So don't do it. And on that mm-hmm. note, too, I see the next thing on your list goes along with this. And that is shoes.
1: Shoes. Baby shoes are so cute, but they're so unpractical. They're just they're, they they literally are just going to take up space in your closet, honestly. So Maybe for like, okay, so when your baby is baptized, it's nice to have like a nice pair of white shoes to complete the outfit. Or if you have family Christmas pictures or, or something where it's a formal event, sure, have a good pair of shoes they'll wear once. You'll put them in a bin and you won't wear them again. But don't buy shoes, honestly, until they're really walking outside and they need them to protect their feet. And then at that point, I would say, have like a good pair of outside shoes one pair of nice shoes, maybe a pair of rain boots, and that's it.
0: Yeah, and all of the good physical therapists and occupational therapists will tell you the best way to teach your children how to walk is barefoot. They need to learn how to walk barefoot. So you want them Mm -hmm. walking and running as much as possible without shoes on before you put shoes on them too. So Okay, anything else on the don't need list?
1: Yeah. So there's one final category. It's called single purpose bulky items. And what I mean by that are multiple bassinets, swings, bouncy seats, exercisers, jumpers, all those like things that you can put babies in, but they have one purpose. And once they are no longer used, they are just dust collectors. And, and I mean, they're not always very good for your baby for their development anyway. So I would say if you are standing in the bye-bye baby aisle of extra saucers and you are stressing out about which one to get with all the features and the lights, don't get it. You don't need it because by the time they can use it, by the time that they actually enjoy it, they don't want to be in it anyways, because they'll probably be gaining some sort of movement ability and all they're going on to do is move. Um, So it's just, it's a waste of space, a waste of money. And um, it's extra stress on a mom to be that you don't need. Yeah. Um, I will say the only thing that I would would suggest in a single purpose, bulky item category that you do need would be maybe a high chair. Um, but you can have a lot of different kinds of high chairs, depending on what your living space is. You can have a space saving one. You can have one that touches to a chair. You can have one that touches to a counter. I have a big, huge one. Um, if I was going to go back again, I would probably find one that took up a smaller footprint uh, mine doesn't even fold up for storing. Like sometimes the legs will kind of collapse together for storing. And mine doesn't. So once my kids are finished with it, I will get rid of it. Um, but I have also consistently had a child for the last however many years in a high chair, so it has been okay for us. But um, if you can help it, don't don't get a bunch of swings and bouncy seats and stuff.
0: Just don't do it. Nope. It goes back to the what the must haves are: that yep. pack and play and a carrier right? There you go. So mm-hmm. cool. Jenna, thanks so much for being on doula diaries and walking us through like what we actually need to put on our registry for our baby. That was really fun. I will link to your blog post on parenthood and pushups in the show notes. Thanks Heidi. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to doula diaries. Before you go, don't forget to check out Anja Health at AnjaHealth.com, A-N-J-A Health.com and really look into cord blood and tissue banking. As a parent of a child with cerebral palsy, I know how potent and powerful stem cell transplants can be and I don't have the opportunity to do that for my child. So I ask you as you're planning and preparing for the birth that you want, no matter what that looks like that you will consider cord blood and tissue banking as an insurance policy because we just don't know how our birth is going to go or if our children are going to get childhood leukemia, cancer, heart disease, liver disease, diabetes. Cord blood and tissue banking is the future of science. I am so excited to see in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, how our children might be able to use their cord blood and tissue stem cells in order to heal their adult bodies. Isn't that so cool to think about? All right, Anjahealth.com use code birthstory for $100 off. There is also a special link in the show notes to help you get there. Thank you for letting me share about Anja and Doula Diaries. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.